Hello, this is Charles Wiz. Tony Silva. And we're two teachers talking, where Tony and I get together and talk about teaching and teaching in Japan and teaching English and all the things that go on with that. And today, we're kind of doing a really interesting topic. I think it's going to be a once-in-a-lifetime kind of topic. <laughs> everybody sit Everybody sit down. Sit down. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, Tony, the introduction is yours. <laughs> and it's because Tony is retiring or has retired or will officially be retired on March 31st after how many years of teaching? Um, I don't know exactly. 31? 31 years. Let's call it 31. Okay. I'm already on, I think I'm on 36 years of teaching. No. Yeah, 36 years of teaching. So 31 years of teaching. Because I started teaching a little bit before you, I think. And today we're just going to be talking with Tony and finding out how he feels, what it's like, what his plans are, and then kind of looking back a little bit on a quick review of a 31-year teaching career and end it with uh, what you would have done differently if you could go back in time or what you would have, what you would say to your previous self. How's that sound, Tony? That sounds all right. That sounds all right. We're so enthusiastic to be here <laughs> today. I'm just retired and I don't want to do anything. <laughs> sounds like me on a Monday morning. <laughs> okay. So Tony, uh, your last teaching day was like, can't tell you, but uh, about the second week in February, somewhere like around there. Seems like forever now, huh? Tenth, maybe. Okay, February so 10th, maybe, perhaps. What day of the week was that? That was a Wednesday. Okay, first, second, third, fourth. How many day? How many classes that day? Four classes, kind of. Walk us through the day. I uh, really can't. Um, <laughs> I guess because it was, it's like because it's not. Yeah, yeah. It's it's it probably part of the problem with the the topic is. Um. There's this. You know. Okay. The last day. What was like? Well. It was totally unremarkable. It was the last day of the semester. It was basically makeup classes, attendance optional. Um, most of the classes had some students. All the, all, all the classes had some students. Uh, in some cases, there were two. And in the class, there was like five or six. Um, just um, kind of informal discussions. And um, that was that. So the whole and also because the uh, as, a, as as a part time teacher and teaching at, at four different universities, every all the calendars are different. So there's no um, abrupt end. It kind of peters out over the last you know month or so. So it's all little by little. And some of the last classes are more memorable than others, but there's no uh, digital on off. In out, I mean, there's like I guess positive, negative. No, it was a, it was very gradual, and um, also as a, and I maybe it makes a difference as as a as a part time teacher. Um, this um, time of the year, with the academic calendar and the the cycle that we go through, um, this happens every year, and this has happened every year for thirty one years. Uh, comes January now these days February, um, and uh, one by one the semesters end, and then February there's 
a kind of a vacuum. And that's exactly what happened this year. So in many respects, it's uh, no different than uh, any other year. Uh, you're, you're saying goodbye to students. You're probably not going to teach them again, most of them. Um, and, uh, you know, you, you, you submit your grades and you kind of, you know, wipe your hands and then you get your little break. And then the difference may come, <laughs> um, with, um, come April when everybody, everybody goes back to school except me. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. Uh, but the way you were describing it, right, that this is a yearly cycle is kind of like Nietzsche's eternal return. <laughs> it's like, yeah. And they're yeah. done that, you know, and deja vu again. Here you go. Pick yourself up, do it again. <laughs> right. Pick so, yourself up, put yourself back together, do it again. In a sense, there's like a semi-retirement every year. Because yeah. as you pointed out, you don't see those most of those students again. Right. It's always They're, goodbye time. It's always goodbye. So you kind of like had 30 years of prepping. Uh -huh. But I think it's going to be interesting, as you said, to see what happens in April. So we'll check back in with you in April. Mm -hmm. Because that's going to – or actually, we'll have to check back in with you in uh, May. After you've gone through like the first month of not teaching. I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. Because otherwise, it's just you're not prepping. But – most of the prepping we do has been done already through experience. Mm -hmm. but, mm -hmm. yes. uh, I just want to sound. <laughs> I want to sound like I know what I'm doing. <laughs> Every year, it's always like, haven't get to that? Isn't there a better way to do this? Shouldn't well, that's what you do. I mean, it's 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 constant iteration and constant refinement. So, even though you 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 know you might know the textbook and you you kind of have an idea where what where the syllabus goes. Um, each year, it's a different group of students and different needs that they have, uh, different dynamic in the classroom and different relationships you have. And, you know, you change, you grow, uh, you, you, you know, the world changes, um, you modify, you uh, pair, you add, uh, all kinds of things happen. There's, there's plenty to keep you busy. <laughs> um, yeah, however well you think you might know the material or know the class, how many times you've done it, um, you're always uh, tweaking it. Keep you busy. Yeah. Well, I always think that <laughs> I go into class. I've gone through the, uh, the listeners will know that we talk about the prep time and how, what we do during the spring break. And it always amazes me. I go into class and I go, oh, well, that's not going to work. <laughs> it seems like that's uh -huh. the one common thing that no matter what, it's like, nah, this is going to have to be reworked mm -hmm. to a good mm -hmm. degree. So I think that's going to be interesting to see that you don't have to do that, have that feeling. Right. In, in May. But okay, so you did your last day of teaching, which was kind of like not a real last day. Right. Right. Because it's a makeup class. Yeah. Was it any different? So you're saying that even when you did your last day of real teaching, of actual classes, it was just nothing really, no big deal? Uh, it's a, there's a, there was a lot of variation in a different universities, different, you know, different school cultures. Uh, Different relationships with the the students. You know, the class sizes are a big factor. Um, the kinds of students are in each. So at um, at uh, two of the universities, I guess um, the the last days were more momentous or uh, 
felt significant. There was more going on, more more interaction between uh, the students and myself. Somehow felt a little bit more significant. Um, and the other two universities, it was uh, not much different at all from the end of a regular year. Everybody's like, okay, come on, let let us loose, let us loose, let us loose. Let's get out of here, let's get out of here, let's finish this, let's finish this. I mean, not not, not to that extent. But um, yeah, right. But uh, <laughs> well, but but you know, at the other universities, I had, you know the kids just you know the bell rang, they just they wouldn't leave, and they just stayed, <laughs> they just stayed. Um, Did they and, know that it was your last day of teaching? Yeah. So you let your students know. Yes. When did you first tell the students that this was your last year of teaching? Uh, three of the schools I told them right about Christmas time. At the and, end of the year and say, so yeah. So, so there was like a, break. yeah, there was like a, you know, there was like, there was, you know, not, not assignments, but there was, you know, okay, this is what we've got left. This is what we've got to do. And also I've got this other bit of news that this is going to be my last year of teaching, et cetera, et cetera. And then the other school I taught uh, right away when it came back in January. Did the students seem different when they came back in January from the way they usually were or just at normal? At some of the schools, yeah. So like they were actually and some of the students tuned in to your coming to the end of a career. Mm, yes. Yeah, most most of them were, I think. Some of them greatly so. Some some others not. So yeah. So yeah, I've got like you know like screenshots of you know the last kids and uh, the last classes and stuff and Zoom and stuff and kids you know crying and stuff, but. Um, and of course, you had no tears. No, right? It's like, yeah, Chicago man. <laughs> Was there going back to our joke about me being from California and you being from Chicago? Right? Yeah. Well, that's yeah. why. You, that's why you had to turn off the camera. <laughs> <laughs> now I got a few more years to go, so we'll see how that goes. But okay, so you let the students know. You come back. You finish up with the regular classes, um, and then. As you pointed out when I th I sent you a message, you just said, "Hey, I'm just the same guy I was yesterday." That's um that that was yeah basically it and um it was um and I think maybe the one of the other factors is that this was such a crazy year because um, you know all these students that uh, um I taught this year well there was with with uh, uh, exception of a couple of classes um I never met these students face to face. Right. And that is a significant departure from the other 30 years. Um, so that also made this a little bit different. But, um, and, and again, just like, the, you know, this is January, February. It's always goodbye time. And, you know, now I'm retired. I'm not going to be teaching in April. But, yeah, I woke up and said, well, yeah, I'm still kind of the, the same person. And um, I might not have any classes to teach. Still a teacher. Um, actually, I'm doing. I'm meeting with like several students on, on Zoom after the fact. They asked me um, if they could you know, you know, talk a little bit, you know, during the break and stuff. And I go, yeah, sure. Um, so I'm meeting with some of them, you know, periodically during the break. Um, also, I am kind of stopping the the, the big uh, the big web. Web page support for for all the classes, obviously, because I've got no classes. But um, we'll maintain a one single um, uh, 
web page site for um, past student, you know, former students and maybe colleagues and things, things that I find of interest I'll post up there that have to do with, you know, things like, you know, English language, study abroad, uh, other academic issues, things like that. So, for example, one of the posts I just put up yesterday, this morning, can't remember, um, um, a young woman from Keio University, and uh, she was uh, the, uh, I guess the, um, one of the, I guess maybe hers was like the, the big one, uh, initiating the petition against yes. uh, Mr. Mori, right? Yeah, it's a Keio student, 20-year-old <clears throat> woman, I think. Right, and she's still a, she's still a student. I think she's a fourth year student now, but she did her um, she did a year of study abroad in Amsterdam. Oh, so she's not twenty years old then. Okay, no, she was. I don't. I don't. Yeah, but I think she's third or fourth year, so she's got to be at least twenty one, twenty two, maybe something like that. So, but anyway, you have a university student, uh, and um, I just you know you said okay, this is an example. You know, you that you live abroad. It's not that just you're going to learn English or Dutch or. Uh, French or whatever language that you, it is that you're studying, but the, those uh, lessons and your, that growth when you come back, though those those lessons go come back with you, and uh, they follow you through your whole life. And we you know, we talk a lot about it in class, right? The advantage of studying abroad because you know foreign language majors, um, who um, you know usually have some kind of study abroad uh, plans. <clears throat> Again, in normal times, and uh, they're struggling with the with the COVID situation, of course. Um, but we talk about what you know whether it's necessary, not necessary. What are the advantages? What are the disadvantages? Uh, your long term plans, everything else, and um, some of these um, intangible uh, benefits are some of the things that I try to remind them of and put them up. So anyway, so things like that. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm still the same person. I'm, st- I'm even though I don't have any classes, I probably still. Uh, at heart, a teacher, so uh, doesn't feel that different. Yeah. Well, that's you know we're still in the February and March phase. Yeah. So, what I found interesting from what you said though was the final year was this year of COVID, mm-hmm. and that you actually didn't meet. Did you meet any of your students face to face? The uh, no, I didn't meet any of them face to face. However, they're in. Um, Two of my classes, there were a number of students who I did teach last year. So one of the at one of the universities, I teach a, a second year uh, elective, and for the English major, second year required class. And in uh, those uh, classes, I did have a number of students that I taught last year, so I knew them for two years. But uh, uh, all the other students, uh, I have ne- I've never met. Face to so, face. so your last year in a year of COVID, what a way to go out. Yeah, I, I don't know if it's good or it's bad. If it makes it easier, it makes it harder. But, uh, well, it's a weird year for everybody. Well, let me toss this out. I was, I was thinking about this the other day. Uh, I was just tired. Fatigued, exhausted. I mean, really feeling bad. Well, we talked about that in December. <laughs> Yeah, but no, I'm saying. Yeah, <laughs> this is every day, <laughs> anyway. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But this was this earlier this week, maybe Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. So before we record this, and I just felt really bad, and I didn't know what was going on. I was really wondering, you know, 
And I, you know, do I have COVID, you know, because fatigue's a symptom? I don't know. You know, that way things, our brains can work. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I just started thinking and trying to review things. And then I thought to myself, ah, there's been no physical distinction between working and the end of the semester. Because usually you don't go into school. You stop Mm -hmm. going into school. For me, I stopped going from, you know, Kobe to Yokohama on a weekly basis because I've been teaching from home. I've been teaching from the same desk all year and not having that clear, you know, difference in terms of how my, my body physically, for lack of a better word, the corporal part of not commuting, of no longer going into school, no longer going into a classroom. I didn't have a distinction. I realized didn't give me a clear signal or sign to my, you know, my minorly aware brain or part of my brain that is aware of what's going on that, oh, the, some, the year is finished. But my body itself was telling me the usual end of year, you know, fatigue. So you don't really have that closing out, that closure in the way that would have occurred in a regular year, right? That you would have, you know, packed up your bags you know, and walked out the door and that you didn't have that walking out of the classroom for the very last time. Mm. So I'm wondering how much that has, is playing an effect on you. That's possible. I don't, I don't know. Um, which, uh, that, that, that dimensionality that, uh, the, the commute and the separation of the workplace and the home is, uh, obviously something that's, um, people worldwide are, uh, Struggling coping with, with it at, at some level or another, um, yeah, that bleeding of of work into home, and I think you know, some people are obviously depending on, you know, the their specific jobs and their work and et cetera, et cetera, and more or less success with it. Um, for me, maybe I don't think so. Uh, I don't know that that was a that's been a big factor. Um, might be though. Can't really say. I don't know, but I do. I do know that um, ex- that the the feeling though, because uh, as um, as a young person, elementary school, high school. God, I hated school. I really hated school, and I'm telling you, that feeling on the last day when the bell rang, man. There was nothing like it. <laughs> there was nothing like it. And um, <clears throat> I've had um, echoes of that <laughs> over the years on last days, you know, walking out, you know, not not so much recently, because maybe recently I'm kind of having this um, you know idea of retirement there on the horizon. And uh, part of the brain is telling me, it's like, well, you know, enjoy this while you can and savor it while you can. And uh, that, but... Uh, yeah, it was a it was a little bit different, you know. Those these these last classes when you know, you know, you, you, you end of the Zoom session, I say boom, and that's that. Um, wasn't maybe that different? I didn't have the elation that I had when I was a young student because you know, I, I, I enjoy, I, you know, I, lo- I loved my job, but um, at uh, at the same time, another part of this was. Uh, as much as, as much as I do, did 
uh, love the job. Uh, I was at the point where I was very sure I didn't want to teach another year. The The idea of, um, you know, not, not writing, <laughs> but resubmitting <laughs> syllabi for my classes, um, to be honest. Um, and then, you know, the preparation that you talked about, but, and sorry to, to bring you down on this challenge, but the, the sheer energy that uh, would be, that is necessary, that you bring to those first classes in April, and you you marshal all of that, all your skills that you, that you may or may not have. Um, you know, you, you 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 give yourself your pep talk, and you go in and you begin that new year, and you turn working really hard on that first impression with your students. And I'm really glad I don't have to do that. <laughs> I'm really glad I don't have to do that. And in fact, one of my schools. Um, did call me, email me and says, Hey, <laughs> you know, he retires up, but you know, we got these two classes. <laughs> and, uh, if you're interested, it's like, oh, I thought about the, was it, was it, was it, was it De Niro? No, it's not De Niro. Pacino. It's Pacino. Which they pulled me back. They pull you back in. in. And I says, No, no, no. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Uh, then it's yeah. It sounds really nice, but no. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm I'm done. I'm gonna make a prediction. Go. I think come April, what's gonna happen is you're gonna be sad because just as you described that first day where you're marshalling up everything you have for when you know you open that door and walk in the class, so you can, you know, really, you know, you're in that incredible state of expectation and the possibilities are infinite as are the disappointments, right? Because <laughs> mm-hmm, usually, as we've mm-hmm. talked about, you'll pretty much know within about 10 seconds how that class is going to go for the year. <laughs> I'm really convinced of that. Uh, pretty much, pretty much. Yeah. I think so. You know, I mean, I think anyone who's taught knows that you walk in, you got a big smile on your face and you go, good morning, everyone. And welcome to university life. And, the kids don't even lift their heads. <laughs> it's like, okay, I got this class this year. But I don't know how to describe to someone who's not a teacher. Maybe entertainers understand this or performers maybe, yeah, maybe. or actors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know where I'm going with this. Sure. That There's that, you know, as your hand is grabbing the door handle, right? There's a classroom door. Yeah, the adrenaline yeah. rush, for sure. It's an, you know, and the expectations and... You know, it's kind of like, you know, my entire teaching career flashes in front of me every time I do that on the very first class of the school year. And it's just, it's a thrilling moment. Um, but the disappointments can also be just devastating. <laughs> <laughs> and we've talked about that. Yeah. And, you know, that's just the reality of teaching, right? You get some great classes and you get classes where you don't match with the students. And that's not to say the students are bad. It's just like, you know, when that classroom dynamic matches with you on that first day mm-hmm. in the very first class of the year. It's just like, okay, I, I, this is going to be a good year. <laughs> this is an auspicious beginning. But I'm going to think that, you know, you're not going to have that. I'm going to be very curious to 
talk with you. <laughs> yeah, I'm, you I'm, I'm a bit curious, too, to see how I will feel then. Um, uh, it'll be interesting. Okay. And knowing that you were retiring and, you know, the fact is, like, I think a year ago, pretty much from today that we're recording, was when we were realizing, okay, there's not going to be face-to-face classes. It was pretty much at the end of February last year, wasn't it? Well, we, we, I'm trying to figure out the dates. I don't think it was that early at all. I think because I didn't... Early co- March, you think? Because I, I was still in Chicago and there was at this point last year. And there was really no clue that this was going to be as big as it was. Um, I got back to Japan mid-March, and uh, schools at that point were making their decisions. And then they were talking about, um, you know, not having face-to-face classes for the first few weeks and see how it goes. One one school made a commitment maybe for the whole semester. My others uh, were undecided. Uh, and d- some of them delayed at the beginning of the semester because they couldn't decide. Um, and I think a lot of us began the spring semester uh, unsure of whether or not we would be going back to the classroom or not. Um, and... I don't think final decisions about that were made until much later. I think you're right, because I think a lot of the video work um, meetings with people started in April, right? Like, Which is, yeah, I think it's April when that's when it was some, yeah, because now that I think about it, I know my university didn't declare that they were going online until basically the end of March. Like that, like that. Yeah, yeah. Because no one, yeah, no one really knew. Knew. And you know, we um, this would be easy to to check. I mean, we we have we have podcasts. (laughs) If you remember, back in March, we were doing um, uh, maybe one a week. um, At the very beginning, talking about like maybe basics of Zoom and different uh, teaching strategies for teaching online and things uh, because we were scrambling as, as were all of us, right? All of us is like, what do you, what do you mean teaching online? I mean, how many people have done this before? Um, and I'm sure some of you have, I haven't or hadn't. Well, looking back at my calendar and it seems that it was like the first week of April when I started working with uh, my colleagues on right. a weekly uh, uh, seven uh. o'clock meeting, you know, with my friends. Yeah. So, so, so decision I, was like late March, maybe. But I think, yeah, I do remember that it was so up in the air that, yeah, from, you know, end of February, early March. Cause remember, there was a time when Japan was actually had a more serious situation than the United States. Uh-huh. Right. That was uh, the Diamond Princess days, remember? Yes. Yes. Uh, let's run an experiment. <laughs> let's see what happens. <laughs> I often wonder about that, changing subjects for a second. Like, is that one of the reasons why Japan was able to keep its numbers low, right? They were able to really see what was going on on the Diamond Princess. I don't know. I guess. Well, a lot of, I think a lot of it is just, like, you know, obviously, the mask culture, right? Yeah, yeah. We can go into that, but I think that... Uh, yeah, so there was a time I remember when the Diamond Princess was big news, and now we think that those were no, those numbers. What was it? Seven hundred people in the Diamond Princess. I don't remember that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's a long time ago. And so, so my my memory is faulty too, because I'm looking back at our podcast list, and I was envisioning all these podcasts that we were doing in in um, March, 
No, we weren't doing it until April. Okay. Um, uh, we did. Uh, there was like uh, the uh, March um, first, uh, which which is a needs analysis with Allison. We did part two That's in April right. on April, and that was part two and the COVID nineteen virus. And then we we bumped it up, and so that was April first, and we did April 9th. We, we did, did April twentieth. Two two more right. special ones. It's like uh, one was uh, how to, you know using email for um, remote learning. Um, then I had the uh, the interview with my students from Hyundai um, about um, how it was affecting them because they were just start starting their their, right. their, their their remote classes and things. So um, and then uh, in May we uh, dissected their uh, their discussion uh, a little bit, but that was like for us that was April. So yeah, it was it was later. Yeah. So you're. Retirement year was just weird. Yes, very weird. Very weird. And uh, interesting also that uh, you were talking about, I know I, I thought you were going to mention, because if you go back um, farther back, I thought long ago uh, the plan was that uh, not uh, 2020 would be my last year. I thought 2019 I remember that. was going to be I my remember. last year. And uh, I would get on to other things. But, um, yeah, stayed for 2020. Um, not really affected. The decision was made long before the, the virus. That wasn't a factor. Mostly just the money. <clears throat> Another year of making money, which I kind of want to talk about in terms of advice for people later on. But um, but no regrets. Um I couldn't have done anything else, uh, you know, travel-wise or, you know, you're pretty much, you know, confined to your apartment anyway. <laughs> might, as, might as well, you know, enjoy some kids and, and um, you know, pad the bank account a bit. That's very true. I mean, if you think that was – I know for my daughter, she decided to go to school this year. And one of her classmates from um, her school – did her gap year. And, you know, I was just like, oh, that's not a good, not a Bam. good gap year. Time. Bad call. Yeah. Well, you hard, know, I don't know. Hard Maybe timing. Like, hard timing. Yeah but, yeah. but if you go like, you know, my Sophie's going to McGill and uh, first year students are guaranteed dorm rooms, right? Mm hmm. Sophie's a second year student. So now we have no idea what's happening because she's, um, according to McGill, said that they're going back for the fall, starting, you know, face to face classes in this in the fall. And, you know, now she didn't get any of that dorm life, you know, where to make a whole lot of friends. And I don't know what's going to happen with her housing. But anyway, you know, the, the gap year is like, yeah, I mean, what could you have done? Right. If you retired nice. last year. Yeah, exactly. What could you have done? So, okay. So, and I know that, um, I don't know how it is for you, um, you know, but if you like pl go through some strong emotions, like, okay, 2019 is going to be my last year. And then you decide, okay, I'm going to extend it the next year. I think that probably the emotional impact decreases. Very possible. Very possible. Because, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you already spent some of that the first the prior years, and then it's like okay, let's right. stretch that out another year. So it's it. Uh, yeah. 
Well, I remember when I went back to, my parents were born in Poland, okay? And, um, you know, my mom passed away a long time ago, but my father, who also passed away, but he gave me um, the address of where my mother's house used to be, right? So I'm in the city of Lodz, which is in Poland, right? And I, I so somebody helps me track it down or something because, you know, it's just not there after the war. Naturally. Sure. And there is this place, which is where my, you know, my mother grew up or something. And I'm having this very, very strong emotional reaction, you know, and I'm sitting there contemplating it for, I don't know, what felt like, you know, five, ten minutes, right? And then all of a sudden, the, the Polish guy goes, oh, sorry, this is the wrong street. <laughs> <laughs> and then he took me to the actual place, and I had no feelings, because I didn't yeah, that. Yeah, was, it was, yeah. So when you were talking about, you know, retiring, originally scheduling it for 2019, <laughs> and then delaying it, I was thinking, oh, I wonder if that's like what happened when I, this happened to me, is that, okay, the emotions are gone. But. It's it was it was me it's it's probably part of that, and uh, but also you know of course being totally unaware of uh, you know the uh, the virus situation this last year, knowing right. knowing that it was the penultimate year, I started doing all that last year stuff you know, so I, I know at one school I've had the same classroom for most of my classes for seventeen years, and so. At the end of last year, you know, my last class there, you know, the kids walk out and you take a look around them and say, yeah, it's like, I've been coming to this room for 17 years and uh, next year will be my last year, I thought, right, at the, in that classroom. Well, I never got back to that classroom. And it was, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and so it, was, it, it was, really wasn't was. the following year. It was, I didn't have another year, but the, the thought had, was already there. And even with the classes, the kids, right? It's like, I, you know, I didn't tell any of the kids that I'd be returned the following year, but I'm looking in. It's like, you know, you're going to, you're going to miss this. So. I mean, you're talking to yourself saying. Talking to myself, talking to myself. And, uh, yeah. so some of that, um, anticipation, um, in that anticipation, some of that emotion did get spent. Uh, so it's it's not all here this year. It was spread out maybe over a two-year period. Okay. All right. So that gives us a general sense. We're going to come back and review or uh, revisit this topic, I think. Yeah, I think the, the other factors, I don't know. Well, I guess for, for people who are, are retiring or near retirement, um, and I'll, I'm going to go out on a limb here, and I'll say especially the men. Um, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm older than you are, but we're still of a certain generation. Um, and you, you well, mentioned. I'm only three years away from retirement. Yeah. Okay. So you, so we're, we're, we're pretty we're, close. We're, we're almost, we're really lockstep to And then you, you mentioned your, you mentioned your dad and your mom. And, um, yeah, my, my parents also were older. Of course, they're both gone. Um, but we are old enough, uh, and we were raised at a time where, um, for a man, you know, American man, European man, um, work is what you did. You get up in the morning, you go to work. And, um, uh, that part maybe, uh, may have a little bit of a difficult time with. Not sure. None of my friends, none of my friends seem to have this issue. <laughs> they just universally say, "Man, you're going to love it. You're, you're going to love. You're going to love retirement. You're going to love it. You love. I don't see any of them suffering at all, at all, at all. So, um, so I don't know. But um, I'm, I'm making allowances for that aspect as well, right? Um, 
how our jobs, our work, our career, whatever our situation is, is so for us, you know, from our culture, from our age, uh, so intertwined with our identities. And, uh, and, I, and I guess in Japan too. Um, but uh, having that part of you kind of ripped out um, is going to bound to have some repercussions, I think. I, I'm just wondering, Tony, because there's a couple of things that make me think, especially for teachers in Japan. You've kind of had like micro training sessions in retirement, right? The, um, especially if you're part time. The two months off in spring and the two months off in the summer, right? Right, right. And it used to be longer, remember? Oh, yes, I do. I remember you'd, we'd finish what? Um, <clears throat> middle of July, right? Sure, yeah. And then you wouldn't come back until the first October. week of October. Yeah. And <laughs> I, re I remember, you know, I go back home <laughs> to the States and my friends, you know, they're lawyers and all sorts of successful people go, ah, you're not making very much money, ha, 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 right? You know, as we drove in their BMW or something. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then I turned to them, I go, yeah, but you do understand I have five months of the year off where I don't work, right? And they're like, <laughs> you know, really get grumpy and mm -hmm. I think you need to take a taxi now. Um, <laughs> but I'm wondering if... For one part of it is that we have those long stretches where we didn't work, which helps us acclimate better or might Maybe. be helping people acclimate better. The other thing, though, I'm, I'm beginning to wonder is that our generation, you, you know, guys like you and me, we're not the same as our parents at all. Uh, and there's the generation before us of men. And um, this is like my cousin. Paul, who's in his seventies, and I have a friend Arthur, who's you know in who's ninety plus, and these men were the ones who actually were the first ones to go through, I think, a transition from that old traditional, you know, um, as Tony Soprano said, where are, where are the Car not Cary was it Cary Grant? No, 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 no. Who was the character? He said who was always like you know the the manly guy in Hollywood, um, always strong and stoic. But it, I'm wondering whether our generation's a little bit different, that we know better than to put 100% of ourselves into our work. Uh, I know that, for example, my family, and especially you know, raising my daughter, has been my number one priority. And that's the main thing that's been in my life for the last eight, 19 years. And uh, so I don't know about that, you know, this idea of, your work is everything. I think there are some people who are totally career-oriented and people who entire self-esteem and self-valuation is involved in their work. But I don't know. I don't know. It reminds me too, by the way, there was um, one of the um, astronauts, I think, who went to the moon. I can't remember who. And when he retired, and he said, you know, you never hear anyone at retirement saying, I wish I had spent more time in the office. <laughs> they always say, I wish I had spent more time with my family or doing meaningful things. I think that generation is what you're talking about. But I don't yeah. know about our generation so much. Because you have a life outside of the classroom, right? Not much. I was trying to be nice. <laughs> <laughs> Not much. Caught Not me much. on the lie. Yeah, there we go. Not much. You know, no, both, well, of, both of us here are pretty much, uh, 
you know, use the word married to our jobs. I, mean, I guess I just got divorced. I think you're a little bit more married to your job because I have, you know, my daughter. So, you know, right, Sophie's right. So, so that's really a big difference. Been, that's big a big difference, difference there. Yeah, and so fact, I have, yeah, I don't have anything like distracting my focus. So uh, right. I just fall yeah. right in. Yeah. I think it was you. It was um, you or my wife who said to me that because of my focus on raising my daughter, and then I've ended up comparing my daughter to my students, that teaching's become harder. <laughs> I think that's probably you me, but... <laughs> Pardon me? It's probably your wife, but yeah, yeah it sounds yeah. like something I but might have said. Thing, yeah. right? So I'll give her credit. <laughs> yeah, just like, yeah, because I was like, oh yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> it's like, my daughter could could have done this. I remember when my daughter was like in six, like sixth grade, I was like, my daughter could pass this class so easily. <laughs> So, okay, so you talk, though, about that generation, and you have some advice you wanted to give? Well, I think, yeah, I think it's especially it I think the young to guys? pass on. I guess that's my job, right? Young women, yeah. Old, old timers is going to sit around and, you know, wax is like, yeah, well, you know, five miles of school uphill both ways. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think there's a lot of, and you know, nobody, nobody's going to listen. Um, cause you know, we were young, we didn't listen, but, um, it's our job to put it out there. Right. Um, so let's see. And, and this is not, um, none of these things are, are in any way regrets or the mistakes that I think I've made. Um, you know, of course I've made some mistakes, <laughs> um, nah, really? but, uh, but, uh, everybody's situation is different and, uh, I don't have a lot of, a lot of regrets. Um, I would say things that people maybe think about, uh, especially younger teachers, when you can still have some kind of control over um, future career paths and, and things, um, consider, and to the extent that you have any control, um, whether you're really interested in the full-time route or the part-time route, Um they both have very real advantages. Um, you know, full time potentially more income, higher prestige, stability, a lot more headaches, a lot more stress. Uh, Part time is uh, you know, a lot more volatile, for good and for bad. I'll, I'm going to get to that point in a second. Um, the free t- the, the breaks, the free time you are your own uh, on your breaks and things, which is not the case if you're full time, uh, flexibility, etc. And, and again, again, long-term plans. And you something missed the main that you've thing been... though. Sorry, Tony. Yeah. You missed the main thing. Okay. No meetings. Yeah. So that was the stress. Fa- <laughs> that was the, that's where the stress came in. Yeah. The meetings are the meetings. No, the reason I mentioned this is that the couple of people I know, um, not close to me, but people I've worked with at my university who've retired, I said, what's the best thing about retirement? And everybody says, <laughs> no meetings. No meetings. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I was at the, yeah. That, when okay. I was left the, the Samongako and full time, right. yeah. Okay. Those meetings, they, they just ate and they age you. Oh, they do. They <laughs> they're do. just they so do. hard. They're so hard. And there's yeah. so many. And they're so long. And they're so long. long. And you tend to so, so pointless. Little t- po- yes. There's so few takeaways. Anyway, I interrupted you. Uh, okay, no, it's just good. The meeting thing. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. The meeting. So you would full-time. say think about the part time, full time. Yes, yeah, yeah. And, and and realize that it can be a choice. Hmm. Okay, and and, and you, whichever way you want to go, then you just pursue it. 
the way that you want to do it. Don't don't feel like you are you know just like a a rowboat out among the waves. You you do have some input and some control. It does you know you want to be full time? Yeah, okay, and go get your PhD and start bugging the hell out of people at every conference you find. Um, uh, something that I did not do, and I don't and I don't recommend per, per se, but something to consider. Um, if Japan is going to be your home long term, um, the Japanese uh, Social Security system, the Nenkin system, uh, advantages, disadvantages there are, it's there. It's not particularly generous, but um, again, if you're going to retire here, uh, it's something to consider. And if you're if you decide not to, then this is critical. And um, you're going to tell yourself, yeah, I'll think about it in a year or two. Um, and actually, I tell this to my, my uh, students who are capable of understanding it on the last days. To begin today <laughs> planning for your retirement. Uh, some kind of retirement plan, some kind of investments. When you begin, the earlier you start, the the better off you're going to be. Do not postpone this decision. It's hard. It's unpleasant. It's you don't want to think about it. It's hard to think about it being that old. I get it. Uh, it's the one thing that will make a huge difference in your later life. And okay, you can say that. No, money's not that important for me. Okay. Um, but you're going to work until you're 65 or 70 and you're probably going to live to be much older than that. People are living longer and longer. Um, that's going to require income. It doesn't have to be luxurious not, but you're going to have to eat. The money's got to come from somewhere. And a lot of teachers make the really big mistake. They don't put into the Japanese uh, system. They haven't lived in their home country long enough to have benefits there. They haven't done any kind of individual investment and they are stuck. Uh, they're in a very, very hard place. Uh, and if you are smart and lucky, you end up with enough money that you have options. Um, and I talked about teaching, you know, having work. Let's call it not teach. Let's call it work. 65 or 70. Smart enough and start early enough and you're lucky enough, you may have the chance to retire when you're 50. And to, to you, you might be young and think that 50 is really old. 50 is really, really young. And yeah, if pretty you, soon we're going to think that's 60. <laughs> so, I already yeah. do. I already do. So I really think, <laughs> oh man, 60, I'd give anything to be 60 again. Um, <laughs> before you go on though, Tony, I think that Japan and the United States have like a social security pension fund reciprocity a- agreement. Yes. That if you put money into the Japanese system, right, you can transfer it into the U.S. system. Correct. Yeah, yeah, and that's um, and you have a choice when you retire. But you need I to think. be putting into it here, so a lot yes, of people right, don't. Right. right, and so that would be something to really suggest <clears throat> to people. The other, th- <laughs> the other thing is get your health insurance act together. <laughs> Remember, mm-hmm. like there's there's a time in your life when you think I don't need health insurance. I go to the doctor once a year for a cold. Right. Right. Um, look into that beforehand. Um, I tended to start things a lot later. Me too. Uh, and 
you know, but here's the other thing. Even if you don't do it and you don't take Tony's advice, don't think that that excludes you from being successful later on. There are opportunities and there are ways to structure your life and the way the world is going now with, um, you know, technology that you'll be able to work from home and have your own businesses probably you should be okay if you're creative enough. So something to keep in mind, don't you think? Yeah. Yeah, I think the, there's a um, lot the, more flexibility for people. The work, the work world is <laughs> so in constant flux, and there is no uh, telling what it's going to look like a year from now, let alone five years or ten years from now. Uh, yeah. All bets are off, so you, you've got to you know, kind of put yourself in a position where you're ready for anything. Mm. I think yeah, so. That's good advice. What um, I wanted to comment to just go back track just real quickly to. The part-time, full-time thing, uh-huh. if you don't mind. Go. Oh, yeah, no. And this is something um, I have regrets about this. My biggest regret is that early on when I came to Japan and everybody told me you're aiming for a university position. That's what you want. That's the gig. And then you want to get full-time. And I really had wished that I had just gone back to America and gotten my teaching credential, you know, and then taught in an international school. If you're young and you have, you're like teaching, look into the international schools. Um, because my daughter, I mean, the, her teachers and what they were doing and the biggest difference. Um, you remember um, when we met um, David Condon? Mm-hmm. Remember? Mm-hmm. And David was uh, the former headmaster at CA and then at an, at Jardine Academy, I think, in Hawaii, and he's going off to be the headmaster to school in Belgium, like from next year or something. After he listened to the four of us talking, he just said, I never realized what an adversarial situation you guys, an unsupportive situation you guys are in. It's so different from how we try to teach treat our teachers. Mm-hmm. So I said, yeah, it's just for grumpy people. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, that's one thing. And the other thing is, I remember when Izumi got pregnant and she says, you need to get a full-time job. We need the safety and the security. And that's when I really started pushing to find a full-time job. But I really wish I had stayed part-time. I would have hmm. had more time with my family, less stress, no meetings. And here's the key. If you're a researcher and you really like to do research, right, that's your gig. That's your thing. That's, you know, what you love to do. Then I understand the full-time job. But if you're a classroom person, if, like, that's where you get excited and thrilled and where your focus is, full-time work is not the best situation for that. I was going to make that point. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. As if you love teaching and you love being in the classroom, I that's me. I want, you know, and it's funny, I just realized just this instant that I was happy as a par- as a teacher until I became full time. Mm. And if you think about it, all of, since we've known each other, right? That um, you know, there was when we worked together at you know coordinating that program mm-hmm. and building that program. That was an exciting time because we were building a program. Yeah. Then I went back to being part time, and I really enjoyed teaching. And then I went full time, and then I mean, real full time, you know. Um, tenured and stuff and it was just since then it's just not it's just hasn't been as much fun so if i really can't emphasize that enough at least from my experience yeah yeah all the part-time it, it, un- teach- underscore all of that yeah because if, if teaching is what you love 
stay then part-time. you probably want to think about part-time and find ways to make your money work for you otherwise right investing yeah. and saving etc cetera, etc cetera. and you know you might have less overall income but just get smart about what you do with it well, if I remember, I don't know, this was the golden era pretty much, but when I first came to Japan, I was working part-time like you, you know, five days a week, and then I had the evening gigs where you were teaching at companies and private lessons, and it was making pretty good money and maybe making better money than I'm making now, I think. But well, there's a big, there's a big variation. Between then there's and a now. big and, and from university to university because some, some of the full-time jobs are still incredibly lucrative. Yeah, some of them, and are. some are not. And some are not. The ones some that I tend not. to get are not lucrative, and they're not. Yeah, you know, they're not any more than you can make working part time. Right, sadly. exactly. I think, and that's kind of the boat I'm in. Uh, yeah, there's a lot so, of people in those boats. Yeah, yeah, but the the joy, um, you know, just the again the distractions when you're full time. The meetings, the responsibilities, uh, and the you know the politics are there like four mm-hmm. days a week. When you're part time, you like you're usually one day at one school, one day at another, right? And if there's some part of your week that you don't like, you replace that week. That I was day just of gonna, the week. That was one of the things I was just yeah, going to mention. Go ahead, yeah. please, then go. Yeah, because I think it's like especially if you're young. Um, School selection, it's like whether whether this is you know part time or full time, it's the schools that you choose are critical and and realize that there is a choice um in terms of like what the future opportunity will be or what kind of support you get from um the coordinator or the school itself um whether the school itself is going to stay solvent um whether um the curriculum is stable or do they flip it around every 3 or 4 years for political reasons or or something else um as you get a little bit older and if you stay part-time, you also need to take a look at the individual school's policy about retirement. Some some schools at, to these days are uh, 65 and out. Um, other schools, 70 or 72. Um, there is um, some um, noise, or there was some noise before this year, uh, from the Japanese government about raising the mandatory retirement age to 70 from 65. I think that's all kind of on hold until they figure out what they're going to do with the virus. Um, so that might change. But keeping, you know, again, it, for you, it might seem like it's way out there. Um, it's something to consider. Some schools are really hard line about that 65 and out. Um, others are a little bit um, intentionally, unintentionally, officially, unofficially, uh, more flexible. I was teaching at a school um, that has asked other teachers to leave at the mandatory 65-year uh, mark, and I got the three more years out of that school. Um, don't know how. Didn't ask. <laughs> just an just, just you know, whatever it was. I, you know what it is, Tony? When did you graduate from college? After how many years did it take you to graduate? You were not four years and out, were you? Oh, four years and out, yeah. Oh, okay. I was thinking it's like me because my, my graduation, graduation year is like yeah. eight years later than average. So probably so they think hopefully they'll miss that. <laughs> you know, oh, you still have 12 years to work. <laughs> I, rem- I remember I got into an, at, uh, at this particular school. There was a, this office guy, office troll. And uh, at this particular school, uh, you had to do uh, a form uh, each year 
uh, related to tax and and deductions and things. So it's like if you know if you're part time, you just you know write the name and you, you leave everything else blank. And but yet one of the things on there is your your birth date. And this guy, I don't know, he tracked me down. He came to my classroom and he says, "Oh, you made a mistake here. Uh, you wrote uh, you know Showa twenty eight. I go, no. <laughs> that's 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 me, and he's looking at. It. He's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> show up. Go, no, no. <laughs> yeah, show up. Twenty eight. Need you, Haji. Hi, yes, yes, yes. That's that's my birthday. I don't know how long he stood there and argued with me, and I said, t- I ended up taking out my card. I said, look, this is <laughs> this is. Did you beat oh. him over the head with your card? <laughs> I know my birthday. Yeah, and so anyway, um, don't you love that? So yeah. you must be wrong. <laughs> yeah, my, it's my birthday, but you don't know it. You must yeah. be wrong. And yeah. uh, the other thing, and, and it's uh, kind of maybe some kind of somehow related to the part time or full time thing. Um, and I know that uh, right now is well, I don't know. I was going to say it's it's maybe the, the worst time for to find a job or look for a job, but. Um, I think there's some movement and some people are maybe leaving the field or leaving Japan or um, there might be the case. I don't know. Um, but again, um, in terms of choice, uh, don't assume that you don't have a choice about the schools that you work at. Um, don't spend any more time at a bad school than you need to. Good point. Change. Um, there's no, there is no upside to staying at a bad school. Uh, it's going to make, no one's going to be happy. Um, the kids are never going to be happy. Um, you're not going to be, and you're going to be miserable and you're, you guys are just going to make it worse for each other. Find some place that's a good fit for you. Find a place where you're at least comfortable, if not happy. Um, those schools are out there. Um, don't give up. Uh, applying to them, trying to make contacts, trying to get in. Um, it makes all the difference in the world when you're teaching it, uh, for lack of just for simplicity, say a good school or a bad school, however you want to define that. Um, whatever works for you. Uh, but, uh, and, and as again, almost word of advice, as you get older, um, your choices will start to diminish suddenly. You know, at the other side of fifty, some people say, some people still, um, even at fifty, is too old. That was, and if there's like, uh, I don't know about the full time or part time thing, but it was one of the really rude awakenings here in Japan, um, specifically for the full time jobs. You know, like a tenured professor is like, well, you know, I'm I'm forty something. I'm I'm too young. I thought. You're either too young or too old. And so then I, then I turned 50 and it's like, oh, no, we're looking for somebody under 50. I said, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> like 50 is too old? <laughs> are, are, you, are you guys okay? But um, uh, apparently that is not uncommon. So It's um, hard to get a full-time job after 50. Yeah. Yeah. And pretty much if that's pretty much the understanding is that if you're f- over 50 – because usually what happens is the positions, if you're over 50, they're going to be looking to give you like a you know, professor. And if you're in your 40s, it's associate professor. And in your 30s, it's like assistant professor or something like that. Mm. Yeah. But yeah. You know, the thing is, I, I just want to, before I forget this, Tony, and most people will know this, but if you're looking 
And the usual hiring period really starts around what, September? I think so. Yeah. September, October. But anyone who's been here for a long time will tell you that a lot of the really great jobs they got, they got them in like February or March because there's just sudden departures. So keep your ears open and keep checking job boards and things, especially in February. I've gotten some really nice part-time jobs. And actually, um, you know, people call me because, you know, they're looking for people. Mm -hmm. So keep that in mind, too. And get yourself out there. Not only get get your CV out there to the different schools, especially the school that you want to work at, but um, go to the conferences, uh, present, um, make some connections, let people know that you're looking, do the research, Uh, find out where, where the good spots are, and press, press, sell yourself. That's an important thing. If one a piece of advice I'd give to a young person is you might think that everybody kn- kn- knows that you're looking for work, but they actually don't. Right. You have to tell people, hey, if there's an opening at your school, um, would you let me know? I'd be interested in working there. And then they'll say fine and they don't say anything and then bother them again, I think is good. I think there's also another thing. It's also geographical in Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, Kansai is really a networked area. So if you're in the Kansai area, especially, you know, Kyoto, Osaka, and Kobe, who you know is going to have a real major impact on your ability to get work. It's not as true in Kanto, I think. That's mm-hmm. at least my experience. Yeah, I have no idea what it's Kansai like up there. Yeah. But if I thought, think about almost all my jobs in Kansai were through people I knew. Often, Somebody yeah, recommended yeah. me or suggested it or... Whereas all my jobs outside of Kansai have come through applying. Not, um, I don't, maybe only one since then, but anyway, Tony, it might be a good time to wrap up. We're over an hour. I think so. Yep. 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 Wow. So we're going to come back and revisit this in our episode 135, which I think I may have not mentioned at the beginning. Did I miss it? No, this is, well, no, you did. You did say this is 134. Okay, I, I was just trying to cover myself there. No, no. So, but we're going to come back and revisit this in May or June, maybe. Maybe yeah. June, where you've had some time and see how you feel. Good. And so for our listeners, by the way, as you probably could assume, Tony will be continuing to be on the podcast. We're hoping you're not going to be going away anyway. From so, beyond the grave. Uh, from beyond the grave, you'll be coming back up. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I, I from outside the classroom. You, hey, I'm I still, told you, I'm I told you here. not to do that. Hey, hey, listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, okay. So at the this is uh, this is us. Two us. teachers this still is talking. T- t- yeah. And you guys know where to find us. And uh, Tony, it's going to be real interesting to keep in touch with you while you go through this second interesting year. Mm-hmm. Right? Well, I'm kind of looking forward to it. Okay. All right. So thanks, everybody. I'm Charles Wiz. Tony Silva. Two Teachers Talking. And you can find us at twoteacherstalking.com and twoteacherstalking at Gmail. Dot com and a whole bunch of other places. So, Tony, I would say enjoy your week, but enjoy your retirement. I plan on it. Thank you very much. Okay. Be well. Bye now. <laughs>